Hello and welcome to Let's Catch Up. The summer is over holiday weekend special. I'm your host, Megan, and this is a podcast where I talk about pop culture. Ooh, honey, there's some things to discuss. Now, I know that you're probably like, Megan, all you've talked about is the strike. I have another strike update because I need to have another strike update. I don't think I have to say this to this crew but like we are on the side of the actors and the writers here and if you're on the side of the studios I just feel like I don't really want you to listen to this podcast anyway it's like such a weird vibe to be like you know whose side I'm on Jeff Bezos crazy town um but anyway did we talk about the fact that his wife has gotten like divorced and I think she's remarried again already I don't know whatever she's also like donated such a large portion of the money that she got after they got divorced that I I can't talk about her marriage because like she's literally donated so much more money than so many other like rich people it's crazy it's crazy because she's a normal person and she saw how much money she had and she was like I literally don't need this to even like live a nice life she was like I can literally live like a very wealthy high-end life and still donate okay anyway not a podcast about Mackenzie Bezos. Not a Bezos podcast. Um, really quickly before I talk about what we're going to talk about. Hannah Brown got engaged and the Golden Bachelor seems sweet. And so I might be dipping back into Bachelor Nation. I don't know. Um, the new Bachelor is cute. So like if, if someone has watched Charity Season and he's a terrible person, let me know. But currently I'm like intrigued by him. I'm intrigued by the Golden Bachelor. And obviously we know that this fall will be reality TV heavy because we're not going to get new shows. And so some of us are going to be struggling and any new shows that we do get will likely be shows. This is something to keep in mind because I saw a preview for something the other day. If we do get new shows this fall, it's possible that they were shows that might have premiered in the spring, but they got pushed, whatever. It's also possible that they are shows that got filmed and got fully shelved because the network decided they did not want to air them and they are now going to dump them on us. Just something to keep in mind. But anyway, between like the Hannah Brown, the Golden Bachelor, they released the women for the Golden Bachelor. One of them is Matt James's mom. I just wish they didn't because you know that they like, she did not apply. Like, they definitely went to her when they first started advertising The Golden Bachelor or whatever. I don't know. Let him go. I just, like, am not not a fan. But whatever. We'll see how it goes. A lot of the women, I mean, the difference between 22-year-old women and 60-year-old women is that they all have, like, legitimate careers. And a lot of them are, like, retired teacher, retired physical therapist, retired. And I'm like, oh, God, please, Lord, let me be retired by 60. I am begging. Um, but... I'm excited about, you know, all these things. September should be a little bit of fun with all the Bachelor seasons. Also, uh, Nick Cannon's brother was on Claim to Fame, which uh, I I guess he won. Sorry if that's a spoiler. I don't know. I just saw this posted, but I did not watch Claim to Fame. I just kept getting TikToks of people not being able to guess Dottie Osmond's son, and it was very funny (laughs) because all these white people were just like, I knew who he was from the minute I saw his face. All these white people in their like 30s and 40s, women who were like, my mom loved Donnie Osmond. Like I, I immediately recognized him and like, I, I would never have guessed that like Donnie Marie are not like, they were not that prevalent in my life. Like I'm aware of them, but like not that much. Um, but anyway, Nick Cannon's brother, I guess, won claim to fame 
and so someone naturally asked him about all his nieces and nephews and honestly he was very relatable he was like i guess someone asked him if he has like different nick like they they have different nicknames for him if you know some calls him like uncle joe and some calls him uncle Bo, and like you know whatever and he was like yeah they all just call me uncle i have to google all of their names anyway <laughs> which i find like so funny because i am sure that like their parents do too like other than you know Mo- moroccan and what's the other one with mariah Car- why can't i remember her name i can see her face mariah's twins other than mariah's twins they're all around the same age and their names are so many syllables and so crazy. I do not blame him that he cannot remember all of their names. And I appreciate him being like, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> like saying it to the interviewer, like, why are you even asking me such an insane question? <laughs> anyway, so this week we're catching up on a strike update. Um, not just, uh, you know, the logistics of the strike and the deal, but also how it's impacting there's some like um, interim agreements that have happened. So there's some people that are working, which is obviously great, not just for the actors and the writers, but for all of the below the line, like crew members on these projects that are getting to work. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about this podcast that like, I'm not going to say it's like a rival podcast to me, but like, it's painful every time people that are more famous and more compelling come out with a podcast. Cause I'm like, uh Oh, there goes any reason to listen to me. But this podcast is the late night hosts and they're raising money for their staffs. So I can't be mad. Um, I've got quite a bit of wedding drama to break down. Um, God, I love it so much. And I also want to talk about Scooter Braun briefly. I really don't want to delve into him that much, but we have to talk about him because he's been like such a focal point of media this week. And it has been a very funny joke. Anytime anyone has made a joke, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts the other day and they made a joke about how um, Bob Barker was announcing that he no longer was working with Scooter Braun. And it did make me laugh. Um, Also, Shout out to all of you who watched The Price is Right with your grandmother growing up. We are a universal experience. I feel like I saw it all over the internet when it was announced that Bob Barker had passed. First of all, I thought he was already gone. Sorry. He was 99. Sorry. But second of all, I grew up watching that man because I, like so many other people, grew up watching Price is Right with my grandmother. Like it was our job. Like it was our religion. It wasn't just on sick days. It was like, just, you know, I'm four and I need to know how much this washer dryer set costs without going over. (laughs) Anyway, let's catch up. So there's been a lot of strike news since the last time we talked. One of the things that has been the most suspicious. So Keep in mind, the WGA has been on strike for like over 110 days and the um, and SAG-AFTRA has been on strike for like over 40. Um, so like, I'm sure these people are tired. Also, like LA keeps having to cancel like strike, like pickets and stuff because they're like, it's literally so hot. It's not safe for you to be out here walking around all day. Um, but something kind of fishy happened a couple weeks ago, um, August 11th, the AMPTP finally gave the Writers Guild a counteroffer, which the um, rumor up until then was that they had not even given them a counteroffer, that they had like walked away from the table. They were not negotiating in good faith. 
um, that they had literally, that the one offer that I had seen was literally like so laughable, but it might've been SAG, honestly, where they just like, didn't even like provide counters. They just said like no to things <laughs> insane. Anyway. So the WGA goes in for this meeting on August 11th with a counter offer. And they, um, said like, I guess it got to the point during the meeting, it lasted less than 10 minutes because they said it was a counter offer, but like, they were like, this is all we're going to give you. And they were like, this is not good enough. And so they were like, we, the AMPTP was like, well, we think you should take this deal to your members. And leadership was basically like, no, this isn't good enough. Like we are here as representatives of our membership. We know what they want. This isn't it. So the AMPTP, I guess, decided like, well, if you aren't going to take it to them, we're going to leak it. And so they leaked the um, deal. And a lot of them were like um, based on the Director's Guild deal that had been made um, a couple of months ago. They were like the only ones, which I loved when um, What's-His-Face from Succession basically was like, yeah. The directors didn't stand with us and now look at them because he was like, they don't have anything to even direct. But anyway, so they tried to copy paste the director's guild uh, deal and say like, here's your residuals. Here's some updated terms for like video on demand. Um, And they were like, yeah, no. So the WGA had to like come out and make a statement and basically like, yes, they gave us counter offer. We do not think it was good enough. We also think that they're releasing it in bad faith because they want all the membership to be upset that we didn't accept it. Instead, the WGA broke down the um, annual revenue of each of the studios and the percentage cost of their revenue that the WGA proposal would cost. Um, I am just going to um read off some of the percentages keep in mind like the annual revenue of these places is like billions and billions of dollars right like nbc is like over 120 billion dollars amazon is over 500 billion dollars so the percentage cost for literally all of them disney the percentage cost for the wga's proposal 0.088 percent netflix 0.2 percent warner brothers 0.1 percent Paramount, 0.143%. NBC, 0.027%. Amazon, this one's good, 0.006% of their annual revenue to agree to the WGA's terms. Sony, 0.027%. Apple, 0.004% of their revenue. I, it, looking at Apple, my initial thought is that their whatever contracts they must have are decent enough that the WGA's proposal is not a lot, like the difference is is significantly less than some of the others, or maybe it's just that they have less shows. I don't know. Um, it's just so crazy. But I think that like uh, I saw like a Gallup poll that said like the vast majority of Americans are like you know siding with the workers. <laughs> I think that that's like pretty standard. I think we also have seen like a lot of strikes this summer, right? It's like UPS went on strike and. Their strike seemed, like, so easy. I don't want to say that and, like, minimize the work that they did. But it seemed like we were all, like, really gearing up for it. And UPS was like, we're ready. Like, we need air conditioning. We need more money. Like, we need – and UPS was like, yeah, you got it. 
And they were like, we, and they were like, yeah, no, just hand over, show us where to sign. We can't get you air conditioning in every truck, but we can get it in the new trucks if that's okay. And UPS was like, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll do. (laughs) They just like kept it moving. Um, the next thing from what I have seen on TikTok is flight attendants and airline workers, like gate agents and people like that going on strike. That feels like bad news bears. Um, but that that is a group of people that is understandably like frustrated and probably feels very overworked and underpaid over the last few years. They've been having to like fight people at work. That's not their job. Can you imagine wearing an ascot to work and then having to fight people? It's giving Fred from Scooby Doo. Um, the other thing that it was interesting back to the strike, <laughs> back to actors writer strike, is that Disney is being sued. Um, there's a lawsuit over. The the investors are saying that, like, because they are hiding the streaming losses, um, they are suing, like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to talk about something that I don't really know about, law and investment. Uh-oh. Um, but basically, Disney Plus has lost money, and these investors are suing Disney because they're like, not only did you lose money, but you tried to, like, hide it. And it's fraudulent. Um, But it is interesting because obviously they don't ever publish the streaming data. I think that the general uh, vibe when reading this is that they won't have to publish streaming data even when um, this lawsuit, like they'll be able to to keep it like pretty under wraps. But I just saw that like The Great on Hulu is being canceled and they had like three seasons and um. Part of the discussions, which I don't think this is explicitly part of the strikes because I don't think it's something that's like negotiable or even like it doesn't even feel like worth it when what people are negotiating for is like their livelihood, um, is that um, you don't know how many people are actually watching this show. So like Hulu has never released any sort of streaming numbers. So people don't know like The Great was nominated for Emmys like both Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt were and Netflix has all these shows that are the same way, right? It's like the, all these people will comment on Netflix's Instagram, you know, like bring back Anne with an E or whatever. And there's no way to know if the show actually did do the numbers that it looks like it did when people are on the internet or if the um, streaming platform did have legitimate reasoning to cancel the show. No one has any way of knowing. They just like make these decisions. And from what we have learned about Netflix, it's, starts to seem like they are just canceling shows because they don't want to pay their writers or showrunners because they strike these like kind of stair stair step deals right which I don't remember if we talked about this but the idea that like you know the first season the showrunner makes like $12 and then the second season they make like $250,000 and then Netflix cancels the show after one season even if it did well so I don't know. It seems like they're not in like a great place. Like the um, SAG and WGA had like a national day of solidarity a couple weeks ago. A lot of celebrities were out and about. The West Wing cast was all there. Martin Sheen was like standing behind a dais, like truly giving President Bartlett energy. Um, Scandal cast was out there. Um, the Good Place cast was all together. Parks and Rec was all together, including Lil Sebastian, which I have a lot of questions about how they all got together. Like, 
you assume that some of these people talk to each other, but like there's no way that like all of the writers and all of the actors from The Good Place have a group thread, right? So my questions are the following. One, is it one actor or one director or someone who initiates the conversation? Two, or is it like a manager or something like that that has to help facilitate? That like Kristen Bell is like, I think the whole cast of The Good Place should get together. And then her agent has to like call all the others and like put it on everyone's calendar and meet up. Three, is it um, by choice? You know, like if your whole show is getting together, like the Parks and Rec one, like Amy Poehler wasn't there, but I don't think she's in the country based on her TikTok. She's gotten on TikTok recently. She was like in Iceland recently or something. But like, I just can't, I don't know. I'm like, do Aubrey Plaza and Retta still talk? Like they're coworkers at the end of the day, you know? Anyway. Point being, a lot of shows have gotten together and were out at the National Day of Solidarity, but have also gotten together to strike, which is always like fun to see, you know, your faves all um, hanging out together in their like matching T-shirts. I will tell you who's always out there is the guys from Breaking Bad. Never watched it. Brian Cranston and what's his name? Aaron, I think. They, they are out there every single day. They are always on a mic. Anyone who's covering the strike goes and talks to them. And I'm kind of obsessed with them. And they're always there together, too. And, like, it doesn't seem like they're there with anyone else. It just seems like the two of them are like, hey, 9 a.m., good with you? And they're like, yeah. And then they just, like, roll up together. I think it's so precious. Anyway, the strike continues. Um, We stand in solidarity, but we are eager for them to work it out because we love television. And we love people being compensated fairly. And we love people being able to chase their dreams, even if they aren't Nepo babies, you know? Okay, this is kind of a weird story, but I just need to talk about it with someone and y'all are the someones, you know? Um, So if you weren't aware, Miley Cyrus's parents got divorced in like 2022. I'm referring to Billy Ray and Tish, of course. And Billy Ray is engaged, I don't know that they're married yet, to a woman who I think goes by like fire, fire, I don't know. She was, they met initially when they were on the set of Hannah Montana when this girl was not that much older than Miley. There is no, you know, rumors of any sort of impropriety at the time, but obviously the fact that that's when they initially met is weird. But they are in a committed relationship now. Tish has married um, as of like two weekends ago, this man who was, um, on, uh, prison break named Dominic Purcell. And they got married at Miley's, uh, Malibu house in the backyard. Honestly, love that for them. Um, but some of the like chit chat about the wedding is the fact that not all of the children were there. So Cyrus, uh, Cyrus, Miley was um, the maid of honor and she like walked her mom down the aisle. And then Tish has two other children, uh, Brandy, who for a weird period of time was associated with all of those Bachelor Nation people. And then Trace, who's 34 and has recently said that he believes he would be more famous if he wasn't part of a famous family, which is honestly incredible. Like, the reason that he has a career at all is full nepotism. And he is convinced that he would be more famous. Like, he has that much talent. That his name, his famous name is holding him back 
anyway, so those three were all there. They were all in the wedding. Um, and their uh, Brandy and Trace's dad is not Billy Ray. He legally adopted them, but their biological father is from Tish's first relationship. Um, then Miley, Brayson, Lord help us, and Noah are all Billy Ray and Tish's biological children. Brayson and Noah were not at Tish's wedding and they were spotted like at a Walmart on the day of the wedding. And Noah, I think, was in like a Billy Ray t-shirt on the day of. So it seems like there is some like definite familial divides here due to like the divorces and subsequent weddings, which is obviously very sad. Um, but there's something very weird about, at least in my opinion, I'm like, there's five children. Miley's obviously the most famous of them all. My confession is I still have not listened to her new single. I'm excited about her releasing new music. I'm excited about her and Demi re-releasing. Um, she's teased some of it, but like her debut album, guys, <laughs> I thought I was like a real rock girl listening to Demi sing about Converse back in the day. So I am excited about that. She sounds great. Um, and Selena Gomez also allegedly releasing new music, which y'all know how I feel about Selena and music, but like, you know, the three of them doing it simultaneously is very fun and very nostalgic. It makes us all feel like younger than we are, like our hips don't hurt, you know, but back to the Cyruses, there's something very interesting about the fact that I think ultimately Miley's the most famous of all the children as Trace has established, he would be more famous if he wasn't a Cyrus and that two of them didn't go to their mom's wedding at all. Like, I don't know. Noah's 23. I just feel like she's like. I know 23, you're like kind of grown, but she is still like very young compared to Brandy's 36, Miley's 30. Like compared to her siblings, I feel like she's probably young enough that she became friends with, you know, Billy Ray's wife or whatever. And is like fully kind of standing in this place of like loyalty when she could have just like be bopped over to Malibu and um, Miley's house and like gone to the wedding, you know? Okay, we have to have a what what's happening with Scooter Braun conversation. Um, and by conversation, I mean I'm just asking all the same questions that everyone else is because there are no answers anywhere. The only rumor – actually, let me start from the beginning for those of you who have hobbies. Scooter Braun, infamous for um, buying up all of Taylor Swift's musical rights, but he's also a manager for a lot, a lot of famous people. He's managed Justin Bieber for 15 years since he discovered him. He's managed Ariana Grande for a little while, Demi Lovato, Carly Rae Jepsen, um, Kanye West, weirdly, for a little bit of time, Jay Balvin. Um, a lot of these people have since left. Adina Menzel. A lot of these people have announced that they have left um, his management company or it has been announced for them. Um, for honestly, for Ariana Grande and Demi Lovato, I'm happy they have left. Even Justin Bieber, it's like these are people who are like really talented, but it kind of feels like their careers have like. I know like the pandemic played a part in it, but it kind of feels like their music careers have really taken like a backseat, and you have to wonder if that's Scooter Braun's fault. Now, the rumor about why all these people have left him and his company is that he is no longer going to be managing musicians. He's retiring, I don't know if that's the right word to use, or moving on to other facets of his business, whatever. Um, potentially, after he sold uh, Taylor Swift's masters to, like, another company even after he, um, like, to a private equity company even after he discovered them 
or bought them. Um, so now that it's being announced that he is no longer um, managing all of these famous people, people are incredibly confused about what is going on, whether it's like by choice or by force. And he has not announced anything formally. And in addition to not announcing anything formally, I cannot find any anything. I have scoured the internet. I have been on the Reddit threads. I'm, I would be embarrassed, but like, this is my job, you know, (laughs) it is my job to find these things out. And I cannot find any evidence as to why this all seems to be happening at the same time. There are people who are like speculating that we're going to get like an expose soon enough. We're going to discover some things about him, but I have to believe that had he ever done anything shady or illegal, financial or creepy, whatever, that it probably would have been discovered in 2019 when the Swifties were like, we'll kill him. (laughs) Like, I have to believe that at the time, that's when all of this would have come out. Um, So a part of me is a little disappointed that it may just potentially be that he's decided that he doesn't want to do this kind of business anymore. But I think it's weird because he owns this company And I can only imagine that, like, he has all these employees who probably do a lot of the day-to-day work. And he was probably making a lot of money. So I don't know. We have more questions than answers. But I couldn't let another moment pass without acknowledging it. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. He, like, posted some meme about it, too. It's like, I don't know. He just seems like a weird guy. I mean, he's a grown man who goes by Scooter. I don't trust him personally. Now, I know I talked about Miley Cyrus's mother's wedding earlier in the episode, and you were like, Megan, is that the only wedding you're going to discuss? Of course not. Because I obviously have to discuss Derek Huff and Haley Abair. Abair? I don't know. I don't think it's Herbert. That's, well, I hope it's not for her sake. Their wedding. Now, I've got a lot of thoughts. I cannot remember what I have shared about my thoughts on Derek and Julianne Huff on this recorded medium before. But I'm going to take a risk and go ahead and say them right now in hopes that I never meet them. I giggle every time someone says they've definitely kissed because I agree. I think that those are two siblings. The way that they dance together when given the opportunity is insane to me. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't care if you're just so good at ballroom dancing. I don't care if you're just so good at the rumba. Okay. You are brother and sister. That is crazy town. It's absolutely crazy town to me. Now, you've got Derek and Julianne and whatever their relationship is. I get it. They're very close because they left home together to go like train, dance, dance, train, whatever. They just like really throw me off my game. Okay. So anyway, we get it. He loves to wear like a tight jean and body roll. She loves to make weird noises on like a kinesthetic, you know, table. Julian was married a few years ago. We know this to that NHL player. His name is Brooks Lake, 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 I don't know how it's pronounced because I had forgotten his name because to be honest, he had been wiped from my memory until he popped up again in the photos from Derek and Haley's wedding. And I said, hmm, what now? Derek asked his sister's ex-husband to be in his wedding party. 
How, do you know how close you have to be? And I know, I know some of you are like, Megan, my boyfriend, Megan, my husband just was asked by some man to be in his wedding who he hasn't spoken to since they were birthed in the hospital on the same day 30 years ago. I get that. I know that men do that. I think it is incredible and crazy and diabolical, and it's why they shouldn't be in charge. But I do find it fascinating that a man will straight up have to find a man's contact information in his phone, confirm that it is the correct contact, and then ask him if he wants to meet up for a drink so that he can ask him to be his best man. I think that's, I think that's you know, uh, uh, should be studied by psychiatrists the world around. But anyway. I don't think that's what happened here. I don't think that Derek Huff, because I don't think that you lose touch with your sister's ex-husband and then when you are putting together a wedding party, think, oh, I know the guy. I don't think that's what happens at all. I think either one, you have maintained contact with him, which based on some articles I've read, that's what it looks like. He has stayed close to both Julianne and Derek because you can't stay close to one without the other, which is like fine, I guess. Like we love, you know, uh, uh, like... um a conscious uncoupling, as Gwyneth and Chris Martin would say. But I do want to know if he brought his new girlfriend, the CrossFit girly, to the wedding. Because I haven't seen any pictures of her, and they only had 106 guests at the wedding. I have a very cynical view of this, and I'm just going to put it out there, because I just want to say it. I'm not saying that it's true. I'm not even saying that you need to believe it, but I need to say it. There is a part of my cynical heart that does believe that part of the reason that they asked him to be in this wedding was because they knew it would gain traction. I know. Megan, this is terrible. Megan, how could you? This is their wedding. Yeah, their wedding that had people-exclusive photos the second they were done? Hmm. Hmm. I'm just saying the share rate was probably high when those photos dropped. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Now, the other thing that I quickly want to say about this relationship, and again, should I keep my mouth shut? Probably. But I'm sick and tired of holding my tongue while the Huffs host every Disney dancing show available. They run the dancing department at ABC, okay? Honestly, they should be on strike. Um, Derek and Haley have been together for close to a decade. They met in 2014. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do really quickly is some math. And, and if you don't want to, that's okay, because you know that I'm more than, more than happy to fill you in. But I'm going to drop a couple numbers for you, and then you guys, I'll give you a second. Like, this is a mad minute. I won't give you a full 60 seconds, but I'll give you a couple seconds. And then you guys can kind of buzz in A or B whether or not you think that that's a little crazy. They met in 2014, the year we're currently in, the year of our Lord, 2023. So it's roughly 10 years. You can do nine if you're, like, you know, fancy. If you're a mathematician, but let's just go with 10 and then let's take Derek's age, which is 38, and then take Haley's age, which is 28. On the day they got married, Haley was 28 and they met in 2014, nine years ago. And the day that they got married, Derek was 38 and they met in 2014, nine years ago. Huh. Isn't that something? Math. Huh. Y'all know that they're doing this to the TikTok couple that feeds the college students too because he was her coach while she was in high school. And then they got married. She reached out to him when she was 19 after high school. The coach from her high school, she reached out to him when she was 19. Different story, but oddly similar ages. 
oddly similar. Now, I don't know when they started dating, but I know it wasn't 2020. I'll just put it that way. Interesting, huh? So that wedding happened. Beautiful wedding. Really did look gorgeous. They got married, you know, surrounded by all these trees in like Northern California, I think Monterey or something. Someone's going to be like, Monterey's Southern California, you idiot. I don't know. I didn't look at a map. All I saw was that in every breakdown of the wedding, people kept being like, 106 guests, 106 guests. So I was like, who did the head count? It was your very, um, I think most of the guests were pretty predictable. It was interesting. There weren't a lot of Dancing with the Stars pros, in my opinion. I, you just can't convince me that Derek's like a good friend. I don't, I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. This isn't like the Derek Huff hate podcast. He also could not care less about my opinion of him. But I think he had some former, uh, like, partners from the show on. Sean Johnson was there, and her husband, I'm sure, was there. And I'm sure they made a YouTube video about it. And um, Jenna Johnson was there. Maria Menunos, who was one of his partners at one point, was there. I think Amy Purdy was there. Um, Alfonso Ribeiro was there. Whitney Carson was not there. Mark Ballas was his best man. Uh... Sasha Faber and Emma were not there, but Derek and Haley were both in their wedding. Also, the only person from Dancing with the Stars in Haley's wedding was Britt, and then she brought Daniel Durant, which I love them so much. They're so cute. I'm, like, very overwhelmed by their love. Um, anyway, just interesting, isn't it, all around? I'm glad that they finally did get married. They seem happy. That's all that matters. My opinion truly does not matter one cent, one iota to them. But while I was like researching and double checking some things, I did come across an article that people published after Julianne got married where Derek was like, I won't even try. This was the wedding of the century. I'm just going to elope. And I did think that was funny. Okay, what are we watching? There's some TV. Um, it's just not, it's new, right? Like, we're, anything that is coming out this fall is, like, the first season. Um, there's, like, very few, renew. I mean, like, Love is Blind is getting a new season, and I think The Morning Show has a new season, and, like, Loki, which is a show that they probably filmed season two in, like, 2015 or something, you know? All of the American Horror Stories, all the Ryan Murphy shows that have been working through the strikes, those are coming out. Um, and the final season of The Crown is coming out. I have no idea when they filmed, but um, that should be interesting because we get a little bit of Prince William and Kate, which, like, what are they up to? That man did not go to that soccer final because he was on holiday. Can you imagine your whole life just being a vacation and then you take, like, a more formal vacation and your team's, like, women's soccer team, football, excuse me, is, like, in a final for the first time in, like, 60 years or something. I say 60 years or something. 60 specific. You know that I know how many years. And he just doesn't go. It's so embarrassing. And he's, like, the football, do you know, because they assign each other, like, different hobbies. They're, like, you're in charge of education. You're in charge of sports. You're in charge of cars. And he's like, I didn't want to take a plane because I care about the environment. I'm like, don't y'all all drive Range Rovers? <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, there are some new shows. I don't know what a lot of them are. 
like it feels like there's a lot of like um shows about books and not like there's like the other black girl that's coming out on Hulu in a couple of weeks and that is a book that I read and to be honest like I just don't think I understood what I was reading when I read it and it's like got a twist that like I didn't see coming at all. I don't know. I just like thought it was a different kind of book, I think. So I was like really confused while reading the book, but it's being turned into a series. I will watch it. Um, but we'll see. Um I I don't know. It has Ashley Murray, the girl from uh Riverdale in it. Guys, guys, quick interlude. I is if anyone is trying to keep up with Riverdale, skip ahead like a minute because I'm gonna do a spoiler. If anyone is not keeping up with Riverdale, let's talk. I got on the internet the night of the Riverdale finale, and I'd seen all of their TikToks of them, like, crying while they were filming, and I get it. It's, like, people around our age, they all worked together for, like, seven years. They were together every single day. Of course, like, they, the girls got matching tattoos. Like, I get it. They genuinely are friends. They love each other. They've worked together on this silly little show where they got superpowers and, you know, were, like, coming back from the dead and all this stuff. Now, I don't completely understand the um, plot. Like, there was some time travel and they couldn't go back, whatever. But what I did understand was when I was reading about the finale that it said that, mm, am I going to remember the characters' names? That Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead nailed it, which is Lily Reinhardt, KJ Appa, Cole Sprouse, and Camila Mendez. Camila, I could see everyone's face. Couldn't remember a name. That they ended up, I'm not sure if it's been a minute, but if you're back here because you were avoiding spoilers, you need to keep fast forwarding. Um, they ended up in a quad relationship. Is that not the great? So like literally as she's summarizing everything, Lily Reinhardt's character is like, I realized that I loved being with Archie and Betty realized she loved being with Archie and she loved being with Jughead and I love being with Jughead, but I also realized I loved being with Veronica. And so they are in a quad relationship, except the two boys never kiss because that would be too far. <laughs> so crazy. Anyway, this is not a Riverdale recap podcast, but like maybe it should be because I feel like it would make me tee hee hee. Anyway, um, back to the TV shows that are on uh, coming up in the fall. So there's the other black girl. And then we've talked about um, lessons in chemistry quite a bit. I was kind of excited about the supermodels. It's on Apple TV, which like I think Apple TV is like a little out of control, but it's fine. And y'all know I go back and forth between canceling that and then getting that and then canceling it and getting that um, – streaming service again and again, but this is Naomi Campbell, Cindy Crawford, Linda Evangelista, Evangelista, Christy Turlington, and um, it's like a documentary series. So I think that that's probably going to be cool. Um, there's a ser another series on Apple TV Plus where like um, these two friends are chronic insomniacs, and so it like chronicles them like being up all night. I don't know. It seems like kind of depressing, to be honest. I saw this preview the other day, and it's on NBC, which 100% gave me the vibes that it was created for Peacock, and then they decided to put it on NBC in the fall. But um, there's a behavioral uh, scientist who helps solve cases for the FBI. I mean, 
you know, a little bit criminal minds, but it's called um, The Irrational. I don't know. He, like, I, I don't know, but I might try it. There's a spinoff from The Boys called Gin V. Do we think it's five or do we think it's, anyway, it's Prime Video. Um, there's, like, a school. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of these are, like, really that appealing to me. But I might get desperate come October when nothing but, you know, Love is Blind and The Bachelor's on. Now, this made me laugh. So this is a show coming out on Netflix called The Fall of the House of Usher. So, you know, I immediately was like, (gasps) what are we talking about? It is not about the pop R&B sensation Usher. It is about a short story by Edgar Allan Poe. Ah, also, it is based on this short story, but like the it's like a modern, you know, telling of it. So this is the log line. The children of a corrupt pharmaceutical company CEO start dying in mysterious and brutal ways, which for- which forces the CEO to reexamine his shady past, which seems like kind of interesting, but it's giving like series of unfortunate events. You know, it's like how many children does he have? They start dying. Does he have 12 children? He's pulling a Nick Cannon. Um, there's, uh, Mark Ruffalo's doing some all the light we cannot see situation. Um, I don't know. Now this I'm kind of interested in again on Apple TV. Oh, why are they doing this? Um, but this is some sort of, it's called the Buccaneers and there is, um, it's based on Edith Wharton's novel and, the it's a w- group of american women who are looking for british husbands during um in london in the late 1800s so i feel like that could be entertaining of course it doesn't come out until november so we'll have to wait for that now i do also want to read you guys this one and then i'll be done because at this point it's like what are we watching and it's like i don't know if i'm watching any of these but i am reading about all of them because they all sound insane and they kind of sound like shows that would not have been um anyway i keep saying that that i'm like i just don't know that these shows would have made it without the strike anyway this one's called obliterated it's on netflix so like maybe it would have made it (laughs) you know netflix they pay to have one season of a show it's terrible or it's incredible but it doesn't matter they cancel it either way now this one i'm just gonna read this an elite special forces team comes to las vegas thwarts a bomb bomb threat and then in true vegas fashion parties hard they're in the midst of debauchery when they realize the bomb they thought they had deactivated was, in fact, fake. Now, still drunk and high, they have to track down and defuse the real bomb before it's too late. How many episodes of a TV series is this? I know Netflix will do like a six-episode series, but I'm like, can't have another season unless there's another bomb in another city, right? And how many seasons do you watch of people going, partying in a city? It's like, next up, a bomb in Mykonos. Like, <laughs> Anyway, um, watch Suits, I guess, if you haven't. That took me quite a while to get through. And then I got about halfway through season eight, and I said, yeah, I think I'm good here. I think I did what I needed to do, you know. But finding a a show with that many seasons is really what's going to get us through this time. What a week. Um, What else is going on? Apparently, Selena Gomez, like, quote, unquote, accidentally posted something about only murders in the building and then like deleted it but it's against 
SAG-AFTRA strike rules. We all know this. They're not allowed to post on um, social media promoting their work. And even if she was doing it, there's like some sort of like, people are like, maybe she's doing it as a producer. I saw like the writer of Bottoms was promoting the movie on her Instagram. And I was very confused because I was like, I guess she's not WGA or SAG. I don't know. I was like, I don't know how she's getting away with this. But anyway, people are obviously like not thrilled with this situation because like she shouldn't have done it. There's no way that like her team or her thought that like they know the rules. So like she posted it and deleted it. And now people are like, was it just a stunt? Which is kind of gross to like violate strike rules but you're like an a-list star so like you're not gonna get like i don't know it's like a little weird and people are like she must be pulling low numbers um i don't know it's like a little strange but um not great you know what else isn't great and i know this isn't my business but justin thoreau who is 59 was just spotted with like a 29 year old woman making out outside of some restaurant and i'm like what is this like what is going on what is up with these people I guess they're not like that far apart in age but you know when you see the two in front of someone's age I just panic I'm like what is happening these people need to stop making out with like back grid taking their photos because I don't know what Jeremy Allen White is doing but it is it is crazy I'm like the bear season two did so well you don't have to run around LA shirtless like, he's in those short shorts, and he's always... Someone's always taking pictures. Did y'all see the pictures of him, like, doing push-ups? <laughs> oh, it gave me the ick, honestly, which was, like, really upsetting. They're just all out. Like, even um, Margot Robbie and her husband were, like, in some ocean in, in the sea in Greece. And I was like, oh, how fun. And then I saw the pictures of Backgrid, and I was just like, what is going on? Like... I'm sure we've talked about this before, but, like, backgrid has, it means someone called them. It's not, like, a coincidence. Like, you know, all those pictures, uh, grainy photos that Dumois posts on, like, Sunday Spotted that I always skip because they make me feel weird because I think it's weird to take pictures of someone who's going to the same coffee place every weekend. I think it's stalking, but that's a separate story. But backgrid is, like, professional photos that someone had to take. So, anyway, um, thanks for catching up. I wish that Selena Gomez had not done that. I also haven't watched this season of Only Murders in the Building. I really enjoyed season one. I enjoyed season two a lot less. And season three has so many famous people in it. What is Meryl Streep doing on that show? What is Meryl Streep doing on Hulu? Those two things should not coincide, honestly. (laughs) Okay, bye.